Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. I've had something on my mind and in my spirit for a while. And it does go through with this. If you look at your paper real quick, it says, you know, I took the name right off the book, The Spiritual Walk of the Believer. And this is walking responsibly in Christ Jesus. This is the first week. That's the way that uh, Bishop Jakes broke it down. And when I was asked to do this, I started praying about it. And I thought, what am I going to bring? What am I going to share? Any teacher... I think that's ever got up here or in any other class always goes, what can I bring that they haven't heard before? What can I bring that's going to change their lives, going to open their minds or just maybe in the minuscule make them think somewhere different? So as I was praying about it, this this issue that I've had in my heart, this issue that keeps plaguing me and everybody that I talk to, over the last couple of months, when you ask people how they're doing, they're like, well, you know, I've had this, 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 and this. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm feeling useless. I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. And that may not be your history, but that's mine. That's the people that I've talked to recently. And the reason that I wanted to do this particular one, because it's about us walking with God. Everything that's going on in our world right now, y'all, my opinion, and you don't have to agree with me if you don't want to, is meant to divide us and tear us down. It is meant to pull us apart, and we're so busy fighting with each other and everything else that we're not fighting the enemy that is trying to destroy everything. Because I want you all to get this, and if, it, if you don't get it out of this lesson today, please get it out of this statement. You do not fight this battle alone. You do not walk this walk by yourself at any point, at any time, anywhere. Because even if you can't find another human being to agree with you in the moment, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are walking with you, and you're in the majority. So we're going to talk a little bit over the next little bit about walking. That's really what it's about, walking in responsibility, walking in unity, walking in love, all those kinds of things. So look at your paper there. This is Paul out of Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 1. says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, I don't believe it. At least I wouldn't think so. But I don't think there's anybody in here that doesn't know they're called. Now, you may not understand your calling just yet, but I believe that every believer is called. And you're going to hear that again later on. You'll see it on your paper. Every believer is called to something or somebody. Now, you got to understand that when Paul wrote this, he was a prisoner of Rome. But he didn't see that as a bad thing. He says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. What's the difference? Rome tried to force it on him. He was a prisoner of the Lord by choice. See, we don't have to go into any battle unarmed, unprepared, or by ourselves. We go in with the Lord every time by choice. 
Now, what I'm saying is you can choose to invite him into the situation. You can choose to invite him into all the overwhelmedness and whatever else you want to say, or you can choose to leave him on the outside. That's what we do sometimes, right? Come on, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Not any big shock, but I'm a guy. I stink at sharing my feelings most of the time. I stink at sharing problems with somebody else because I was raised in that generation. Well, you're a man. You need to fix it yourself. Or as uh, my niece always used to say, suck it up, buttercup. Right? We're supposed to do it by ourselves, but we're not. Did you hear me? We're not supposed to do it by ourselves ever. That's a lie that the enemy puts out there that we are alone all the time. In every situation. You know why he does that, right? So when we're asking for God for something and it doesn't manifest exactly the way we think it should or the way we planned it to manifest, the devil looks at us and goes, see, I told you he didn't care. You're all by yourself. See, I told you he didn't care. But that's not the way it works. We too, by choice, can be prisoners of the Lord. We too can walk every day just like he intends us to walk Wherever we, wherever we go. Uh, your paper there says, we are the body of Christ. We are the physical presence of Jesus in the earth today. Now, I know most of you have probably thought about that before. Maybe not so much. But we are the children of God. We are the ones they call the believers, right? Right? What's our responsibility in our walk with the Lord is to tell everybody we meet about Jesus Christ. But I, I don't talk real well, Brother Kevin. Okay, then be Christ in their situation. See, it doesn't take much for us to be different other than who we choose to follow. See, there's a story, and I think I probably shared it here a couple times before. Maybe some of you haven't heard it. But there was a fellow back in the day, he was traveling over the ocean. Big storm came up, his ship went down. He ended up washing up to shore on this island. The natives took him in. They nursed him back to health. They gave him clothes. They gave him a place to live. And when he was healthy enough, he still couldn't speak the language yet, but he thought, well, they've helped me. The best way that I can repay them is I started helping them. So whenever something was needed in the village, there he was. If someone was sick, he would sit with them. If someone needed something repaired, he helped. He was always there. And after a period of time, the natives looked out, and there was this boat coming up to shore. There was a man standing in it in a long black robe, had a big silver cross hanging from his neck, had a Bible in his hand. He steps out onto the sand, looks the chief in the eye, and in their own language says, I have come to tell you about Jesus Christ. And he starts explaining how Jesus is a comforter, how he is a helper, and how he is all this. And the chief starts to smile, and the guy goes, what are you smiling about? He goes, oh, I know him. He's like, what do you mean you know Jesus? He goes, well, he lives in that hut right over there. He was talking about the man that washed up on the shore. He didn't tell them about Jesus. He just lived the kindness, the love, the mercy, the grace that Jesus did in front of them. So when they heard Jesus described, they thought they'd already met him, right? That's really all we have to do. In our walk, we have to be Jesus to those folks out there. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it this way, too, because we get frustrated pretty easy as human beings, don't we? We have to be Jesus to the folks in here as well because there's going to be folks that will come in that they don't know us that well. 
They may not understand Jesus that well, but how they see us loving on each other will show Jesus to them like nothing else. Right? You all have heard me say it before. When we encounter Jesus, and man, we live, we worship in a church where God shows up on the regular. And not just in little ways, but in big ways. When we encounter God, we need to walk out of here like we've encountered God. Right? You've heard me say it before. If we walk out of here looking like we've been baptized in pickle juice, right? Like we just smelt something bad. That world out there can find that anywhere. They can only find Jesus in this world through us, his children. So we have to walk it out. That's our responsibility. The journey we're on is ours to walk, but it's based on God's plan. He's already got an idea. He's already made a plan on where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. All we have to do is learn how to listen and then move. Instead of doing like humans do most of the time, move, (laughs) then listen. We have to be listening to his plan. You know, what's the old saying? Y'all can help me out here a little bit. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Because he doesn't have to bless what we come up with. He doesn't have to back what we come up with. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but what I'm saying is when we follow his plan, when we're walking his path, everything we need, all the power, all the authority, all the blessing, everything is there. Straight out simple. So we just have to learn to listen and then move. Now, the other side of that is, is if you don't hear him talking, don't move. Wait. Anybody else in here impatient? I'll lower my head. I don't want, I don't want to embarrass. All right. Look at the next scripture there, Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. I didn't get that for the long time. We kind of wonder sometimes why we were created. Well, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, notice it says that God prepared it beforehand so that we should walk in. He, if you look at your paper there, he's not going to walk, with, walk it for us, but he will empower us as we walk in him. He will help. He will encourage. He will counsel, and he will comfort what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Brothers and sisters, friends, is no matter how big the problem looks, the master's already been there because he made the plan before we got started. I'm not saying that he wants us to have issues. He did say that we would have issues, and I think most of those issues are because of us. I think we get ahead of ourselves. We get ahead of him. We're not walking with him. We get off the path, so to speak. But when things happen, he does not abandon us. He does not back off. He does not go the other way. He is right here, right beside us every time. If you've got, if you've got children of your own, if you've got uh, nieces and nephews, grandchildren, whatever the case may be, when you're walking with them, pay attention sometimes. When something happens, they get scared or whatever, they don't even look to see if you're there. They just reach up and grab your hand. That's all we have to do because they know that we're going to be there. So why wouldn't we expect our father to do the same thing? All we have to do is reach over and grab his hand and continue to walk the path that he's prepared. Our walk isn't aimless 
aimless. Boy, I'm having trouble with English. Sorry about that. Our walk isn't aimless. It accomplishes God's plans and purposes, which is our calling. Well, I don't know what my calling is. It is to to accomplish God's plans and purposes. Now, your calling may be five people, and I'm using people as an example. All right? It could be 10. It could be 100. It could be 1,000. It could be hundreds of thousands. But whatever God's plan has for you, all we have to do, our calling is to walk it out, to do what he says, to follow his lead and go where he says go and do what he says do. And all that takes on our part is what? We have to believe that he is God and he does what he says he's going to do every time he says he's going to do it. I mean, do we forget from time to time? how God got us out of that situation yesterday because the new day seems so much harder, right? I mean, we were just talking about it earlier in reference to Life Christian University. Last year, we had a bunch of students. Everybody this year, it's just too hard. There's too much going on. There's too much stress. This world is covered up in stress right now, in my opinion. People are hurting they're angry, they're upset, and they're scared. But guys, when they take the hand of the Father, the path they're on is no more scarier than it was a few than when we were little. When we start understanding that the destination is already pre-planned. He's got a place he wants us to go. He's got a thing he wants us to say. He's got a song or a play or something that he wants us to write. Why? Because we are his voice on this earth. And people need to know that they are not fighting this battle alone. They're not going through this stress by themselves. How many people have lost their lives because they get to that point in their life, in their head? I just can't go any further because nobody understands. Nobody cares. I can't do it anymore. And all we have to do is grab the hand of the Father and walk responsibly in Him. All we have to do is understand that we just need to walk. Now, if you look at your paper, I want you to get this, though. A true call of God is always beyond our grasps. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand. I know I have the first, because I was 14 when God told me I was going to be a preacher. I ran like somebody set my tail feathers on fire. Scared me to death. Right? But a true, call of, a true call of God is always beyond our grasp. It always seems like something that we can't do because we can't. Not by ourselves. He has to be there. He has to be a part of it. He has to be involved in every aspect of it because it's not about me being a world-class musician. If you've you've heard me sing, you know that ain't true, right? It's not about me being this or about that. It's about using what he gives me, the gifts that he has, to glorify him and tell everybody else about him. That's the plan. Remember, we're the physical representation of Christ in the earth. I've told every youth group I've ever worked with that if you're going to go out into this world and you're going to tell everybody that you believe in Jesus Christ, you better be prepared to act like it. Because if you tell somebody that you're a believer, whether they reply to you or not, they're doing this. 
They are watching you every move you make. They're waiting for you to say one word that's out of, that's out of context or out of Christianity because I've had it done. I don't know if y'all have. Well, that don't sound very Christian-like. Right? Well, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. Right? But they're paying attention because we are the physical representation of Christ in this world. And if it is beyond our grasp, that's okay. Because whatever we need to fulfill it, whatever we need to accomplish it, it's already been prepared. Before the beginning of time, it was already prepared. Those people that you're afraid to talk to or that he keeps sending you to that you think, well, they won't listen to me. You're right. They're not going to listen to you. Sorry. But they will listen to him in you. Because it's the Spirit that does the work. You're just the mouthpiece. Right? That's all we have to do. It's all we have to be. All right? Now, I put this one back in here because it goes with the Scripture below. It says, Ephesians 4, 1 says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Uh, Acts 17, 28. And this is just the first part of that Scripture. It says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. Let me say that again. In Him we live and we move, and we have our being. See, the problem is we are lost sometimes trying to figure out who we are. When Christ says, I know who you are. You're my brother. You're my sister. I'm in you. You're in me. We're together in this. You're not alone. You know, I always thought it was cool that when you know, you've always heard, you've heard the scripture says, if we abide in him, he abides in us. And I'm thinking about that one day and I'm praying about it. And, and I really didn't understand it this way until that day. And God said, you do realize what that means, right? He says, whatever I, you're doing on this earth, he's doing it with you. But you're also sitting at the right hand of the father because you're in him and he's in you. What he shares, what he has, he shares with you. What you have, you share with him. Does it sound like we're alone in this, guys, at all? Does it sound like we're by ourselves? It sounds like to me that we got the best backup in the world, right? You know, there's a military term that I absolutely love. And they use it mostly for military. They use it for police officers and stuff like that as well. But it's called I Got Your Six. There's a little representation of it out there that says I-G-Y-6. I got your six. All it means is whatever you get into, I got your back. You call me. If I can be there, I'll be there. If I can help you, I'll help you. We've got the most ultimate backup in the world. Because no matter what the situation, no matter what we try to convince ourselves of, and that's the hard part, he's there. And I'm just going to say it like this. It's just this simple. He wants us to walk with and in him. That's it. Right? We weren't created because God was bored. We were created because God wanted us to love him and to love us and us to walk together. I mean, after all, how did he treat Adam and Eve in the beginning? said he used to walk with them every day. Did you catch that? He used to walk with them every day in the cool of the evening. 
That's what he wants with us, us to walk with him and him with us. So, you know, as we go into this a little bit more over the next few weeks, you got to, we're going to talk about this unity and loving each other. We have to kind of be on the same page. We have to kind of have each other's backs. We have people that are going to be here, people that you know, I guarantee you that are going to be sitting here today that are going through something rough and they either haven't shared or don't feel like they can share. And they need to know that we have their six, that we have their back. They need to know that God has their back because as stressful as everything is right now, it's easy to forget, right? So we have to walk it out in front of them. We have to show them when they can't see it any other way. And this is what I like about that. This is what I put here for this. The word walk doesn't mean a wandering stroll. It means to walk in, in a synchronized way with the same rhythm, the same pattern. The path we walk and the way we walk isn't for us to choose. We don't get to pick our own way. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his rhythm that we're supposed to walk to. It's his rhythm that we're supposed to be a part of what was the how, the old saying? You know that you have to walk to the beat of a different drummer. No, we have to walk to the beat of His drum. And when you think about it that way, what is the heart of God as a believer? Do you know Jesus? Do you feel loved? If you don't, let me tell you. Right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? It says that they, the Bible says that he, they will know that you are my disciples because you show love one to another. It does not say that they, they'll know you're, that they're your disciples because you tolerate each other. Right? I mean, you all know me well enough to know this. I don't speak, I don't pick on anybody but myself. There are some days, probably more days than not, that I'm not very tolerable. I am a grumpy old man. I don't want to talk with anybody. I don't want to do anything with anybody. And, you know, I might bark at you every once in a while, just saying. Right? But the Bible says if we walk his path, which is what? To show love one to another. That's being responsible. Well, Brother Kevin, I, I mean, I understand that. I know Jesus loves me, but... Man, it's just so hard. Why is it so hard? Well, I, I just don't feel like I can talk about it. That's why it's so hard, right? We're not sharing what we need to do. We're not going to the people that we know that love us and should love us, and we're sharing the problems. I don't, I'm not saying come and share everything that's going on. Not, anybody, not everybody can do that. But what I'm saying is you've got to find some people that are walking the path and will look at you and say, Brother Richard, you don't have to walk alone. I got your back. If you need me, you call me. Right? I told somebody the other day, I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're having issues. I may not see it, but text me what's going on, and the moment that I see it in that morning, I'm going to start praying for your issue. I'm going to start praying for you. I got your back. See, my responsibility, my walking responsibly in Jesus Christ is to take the love that he bestows on me and bestow it on everybody else as much as I can. That's all we have to do. I mean, let's be honest. I said it. I'm not tolerable most days, right? It's not easy to love me sometimes. If you don't believe me, ask my wife of 30 years. She'll tell you, right? 
But that's what we have to do. We take the things that God's given us and we share them. We walk in them and we show them to the world. And then we can't get all caught up in it, right? Anybody ever made a plan and get mad because God didn't do it your way? (laughs) Hello, right? We must remember his timing is always the right timing. And the results are always the best results. It's just when we get ahead or fall behind that everything seems out of whack, right? When we walk with him, we're going to be in his time all the time. Ephesians three nineteen through 21. Verse 19 says, To know the love of Christ with passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church of Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now I put this in here because it's, that's just the way it hit me. The love of Jesus can't be completely understood because it always exceeds the goal. Have you ever thought about that? He doesn't just bless you to bless you. He never blesses us just to bless. It's always something above and beyond what we actually need. He always goes above and beyond what we need to fix the problem. If you don't think so, think of the cross. Exceedingly above and beyond what we needed. Why? Because it took everything he had, and he wanted us to know how far he was willing to go so that you and I would have a chance to get home. See, remember we talked about choice a little bit earlier. We can choose to walk with him or not. Christ did what he did to show us that there's a better way, a better path, a better thing to look forward to, but he doesn't say you have to do it or else. He says, choose me, walk with me, and then see what happens, right? The blessings of God are so wild sometimes. I think that we miss them because we're, it's just too much. He can't love me that much. Yes, he can. How do you know? Exceedingly abundantly. Doesn't say he's going to half do it at all, does it? It says he will exceedingly and abundantly always surpass the goal. We're afraid to ask God to help us with a cold. Come on now. We're afraid to ask God to help us with a cold. And he will cure cancer. Come on, y'all. We're afraid to ask him to touch our families and help find them the way to bring them home. Because if we talk about God in front of our families, we get that look, right? (sighs) Y'all talking about that again, right? But see, it's not us that has to bring them home. It's him. It's the spirit. When we put him on the job, he will always go exceedingly and abundantly over what we ask. Father, I just want him to know you. He wants, he wants them to know him as well, but he's not only going to make sure they know him, he's going to make sure they get home. Right? Exceedingly, abundantly, always over the top. That's still always blows my mind. You know, and look what your paper says there. It says, if his love is that big, what kind of help can we expect from him? It will be exceedingly and abundantly above what we need. Always more than what we expect. When we ask God for help, come on, y'all. 
Father, I'm tired. Right? What's that old saying? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now, I do, I say that this way. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. Right? That's what it said in Isaiah. In 1 Peter, it says, by his stripes we were healed. One looked to the cross, one looked back. Do you get what it says? We don't have to ask him to be healed. We already are healed. All we have to do is walk in it. Take him by the hand and walk in Christ Jesus in the healing that he's already paid for. We don't have to ask him. We don't have to get mad when it doesn't seem to work as fast as it. People tell me all the time, you, you, you say you're healed, yeah? I am. Then why aren't you completely healed? I don't know. But I know I'm healed. It just hasn't manifested on this earth. I don't know the reason that he does it by stages. If he wants to touch me right now and fix it all at once, brother, I am in. Right? God, please, yes, in Jesus' name. But if he chooses to do it the way he has been, the cane, some of the lung issues, this, that, doesn't make me any less healed. It just means that I can still walk in that healing hand in hand with him because all I have to do is wait for what's coming next. What's he going to do next? I guarantee you it's going to be exceedingly and abundantly more than what I'm expecting. And I guarantee you he will bless me more than what I ask. Father God, I got a migraine. I need it to go. Had it done. He touches my head. The headache's gone. All right? But you know how it is. There's underlying causes for stuff. Maybe today's the day that he touches the underlying cause exceedingly and abundantly, right? All we have to do is step in. All we have to do is step in. John 3.30 says this, I must increase, or I must, he must increase, but I must decrease. If we believe God has called us to greatness, our response should be to fall on our face. If we believe that we are called by God to greatness, we should fall on our face. Well, Brother Kevin, I don't know if I'm called to greatness. You are called to greatness because God already said you are called. You are called to greatness because God said, I'm going to send my only son to die for you so that you can tell somebody else. That's greatness, y'all. Doesn't mean you have to stand up here and teach. Doesn't mean you preach from the pulpit. Doesn't mean you have a TV show or whatever with hundreds of thousands and millions of people watching. What it means is you're called to greatness because you're called to share Jesus Christ with the world. I know, it seems too simple, doesn't it? What's my calling, Brother Kevin? Share Jesus Christ with the world. And it's a great calling. Now, to say that, I'm going to say this real quick. Everybody you talk to is not going to accept it. Everybody you talk to is not going to listen. But don't you dare stop talking. Don't you dare stop talking. Because the word that you give may be the word that she comes along and adds a little water to, and then Miss Linda adds a little water to, and then Brent adds a little water to, and it blooms into that life that God has been trying to get to grow in this human being forever because you opened your mouth and talked. You stepped into your calling and you shared Jesus Christ with somebody. Don't ever stop talking. Don't ever stop sharing Jesus because it is a great calling. You gotta, we just got to stop 
waiting and thinking that greatness means all eyes are on us. Greatness means that we're loved so much and He's done so much that we have so much to share. It's that simple to me, right? Look at our next little bit of Scripture. We're almost done. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, And at least, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. This is Paul talking. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I took this right out of the book. So if you want to argue the next sentence, you've got to argue with T.D. Jakes. We must recognize that God has a purpose for our throne or for our thorns. There's a reason. We can't start thinking more of ourselves. Or maybe I should say it as my grandmother used to say, we can't get too big for our britches. Right? We can't start thinking that it's all about us. It's all about who we are. It's all about who we do. Everything is about Him. You know, it may sound funny, but if you go out and eat lunch today, Take a minute to look around the restaurant. See how many people are praying over their meal. Now, I'm not saying be nosy, but you'll be surprised how many times we'll come out of saying grace at a restaurant and there are people watching us going, you can kind of tell, well, what are they doing? I don't get it. Because it's, it's not as important as you think. I know we used to do it all, all, all the time. I mean, come on. If you've ever been to high school, if you haven't prayed over your food, uh, you should have. I'm just saying. Um, but the things that we do out in this world, people are watching. But it's not about us. I don't pray for my food because everybody's watching. I said that because I want you to understand, again, that when we walk with him responsibly, when we are walking in Christ Jesus, there are people watching to see what we do. Do us, quote, unquote, Christians, do the people that come into the restaurants late because they've been at church, do they actually believe in God enough to pray over their meal and give him thanks for it, or do they not? You see what I'm saying? We have a responsibility. We have a calling to be the physical presence of Jesus Christ in the world. And that means doing exactly what Jesus did. We take the food. We bless the food. We break the food. And we give it away. We share it with everybody. That's what we do. So the world will see something maybe a little bit different in us. And different enough that it will make them ask questions and maybe... That stony heart that's there, maybe God will be able to get through and a life will be changed because we're walking responsibly in Christ Jesus. It helps us, I'm talking about the thorns, it helps us remain meek, humble, and pliable in the hands of God. If we're not meek, if we're not humble, if we're not pliable or usable in the hands of God, then he can't do what he needs to do through us, if it has to be our way, right? How many times has pastor said, you know, the theme song to hell is Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way? If we're bound and determined to push our will into God's plan, 
then the plan's not going to move forward the way it needs to because we don't have the vision for it. We don't have the picture of it that he does. So we have to be ready. We have to be able. We have to be usable. Uh, Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and all knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. Ephesians 4.13. Perfect by God's definition is when we act as Jesus would in any given situation or circumstance. Did you catch that? His definition is when we act as Jesus would. When we walk with him, when we spend time with him, We'll start to talk like him. We'll start to walk like him. We'll start to act like him. Remember what it said about walk over there, that synchronization? We'll be in time with him. And we'll look more like him. The world won't see us. Because I don't know about you, the the world's idea of perfect just leaves me wanting more. You know, I want the perfect car. Haven't found it yet. Right? (laughs) You know? You know, and, and, and she's going to think I'm picking on her, but I'm not. I really don't. You know, we all say we want the perfect companion, the perfect mate. She got the short end of the stick, y'all. All right? I'm just saying. I ain't nowhere near perfect. But she's perfect enough for me in that respect because God chose her for me. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even be here. I know that. Now that I embarrassed her, I'll go on. But see, the thing about it is the world's perfect. It just leaves us wanting more. But when we walk with him and when we talk with him and when we spend time with him and when we do what we're supposed to do, when we are him in the world, we start to look more like him. We start to act more like him. We start to talk more like him. And the world's going to be changed. Our Father is always making us, calling us, and developing us into a greater likeness of Jesus Christ. He is the potter. We are the clay. He's molding us so that we look like Jesus because the world don't need us as much as they need him. But they do, he, they do need us to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Our walk with Jesus is the only one that satisfies, amen. It's the only thing that fulfills that sense of purpose and need and all that stuff that we have. Our walk fulfills our purpose in this earth and draws us closer to the Lord. The more we walk with him, the closer we get to him. You may help me if I get the name wrong, but wasn't it Enoch that walked every day with the Lord? Until God took him. Finally, Enoch got so close to the Lord, got so close to home, God said, well, you're this close already. You might as well come on in. Come on, y'all. The more we walk with him, the more we look, talk, smell the whole nine yards, the more the closer we are to being home. Our walk in Christ is the reason that we were created because we were meant to be the mouth, the ears, the eyes, the hands, the feet of Christ on this earth. Last sentence, when we accept this truth and live it, we bring glory to God by walking responsibly in Christ Jesus. When we understand that our goal is just to walk, that's our responsibility, to walk with him, in him to let him be a part of everything that we get involved with, to let him be a part of every transaction, every conversation. You know, I kind of have our niece, uh, when she got her new boyfriend, she said, now you're going to like Kevin, he's funny. But he turns every conversation into a conversation about Jesus. I try because he's just too amazing. 
it's, there's never a day that he doesn't blow my mind. So next week, we'll come together. We'll talk a little bit maybe about unity. I don't remember right off the hand. But I appreciate you all. Let's pray and we'll head out. Father God, I thank you one more time for your son, Jesus Christ. Father, help us to remember that it is not about us. It's not about what we do, but it's about what we do through him. With him being a part of us and us being a part of him, Father, help us to walk out of here and glorify your name and change the world all under the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Father, it's hard sometimes being a human being stuck in a sinful world. But I thank you for the fact that you walk hand in hand with us every day. As soon as we choose to take your hand, Father, you haven't been missing, you haven't been gone. You've been right there waiting to hold our hand and walk us through every situation. Help us, Father, to take your love out into the world and change it. Change it to glorify you. Help us all, Father, to look more and more like Jesus every day. And it's in his mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.